Coming up on Philosophy Talk... What is it that we do when we know concepts? What is that knowledge consistent? I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside, oh yeah. Is intuition a guide to truth? Philosophers want to ask the question, what is justice? What is personal identity? And that may not be a question about the world. Doesn't knowledge have to start somewhere? Exactly. We don't really know until we reflect on it. So you need to examine cases, and those cases have to be convincing. What's your intuition? Sometimes it is important to try to get clear on certain really basic, pervasive concepts. Our guest is Alvin Goldman from Rutgers University. There is a lot of agreement about application of certain concepts to certain cases. Intuition, a guide to truth? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Hi, philosopher. Thanks for downloading this episode of Philosophy Talk. Thanks so much for being a partner in Philosophy Talk, especially now during our holiday fundraising drive. Now, you've supported us in the past, and we're really grateful for that. But we need your help now more than ever. We need your help to make more of what we know that you love. And you got some friends or family that are intellectuals, want to be intellectuals, sort of interested in philosophy? Well, Philosophy Talk episodes make great holiday gifts. Thank you for listening. Thank you for thinking. And thank you for donating. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the Mars Theater in Berkeley, the Bay Area's breeding ground for new performance. Our thinking originates across the Bay on a Stanford University campus where Ken and I teach philosophy. Welcome everyone to Philosophy Talk. Today we're asking, is intuition a guide to truth. Well, Ken, that obviously depends on what you mean by intuition. Some people use the word intuition to mean like a premonition or instinct, a gut feeling that doesn't depend on any reasoning. These kinds of intuitions seem not only unreasonable, they can conflict with reason sometimes. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point, John. But there's another kind of intuition that does, it's closer to kind of conscious reasoning and thinking. It's it's, let's call it intellectual uh, intuition. Uh, philosophers love this kind of intuition. We use it to figure out what to think about all sorts of things. We, we develop all these fancy thought experiments to generate and pump our intuition. Thought experiments like uh, Hillary Putnam's famous brain in the vat thought experiment? Uh, that's a really good one. Now, don't try this at home, okay? It's a little dangerous. <laughs> you put a brain in a vat. You hook it up to a machine that stimulates that invaded brain in ways that a normal embodied brain is simulated. And then comes the million dollar question. Would you know, based only on your experience, can you know, based only on experience, whether you are a brain in a vat or not? Now, John, given that, we're we hardly going to actually remove somebody's brain and put it in a vat to find out the real answer to this question. All we can do is think about the case that we presented and form an intuition about it. Well, maybe that's all we could do, but why should we take such intuitions seriously? Why should we take them to be reliable? We know that sometimes the truth turns out to be very counterintuitive. Like if you were to take a feather and a bowling ball and drop them from a tall 
building like the Tower of Pisa, which do you think would hit the ground first? Well, you know, the intuitive answer, the one Aristotle gave, the one many, many people gave for hundreds and thousands of years, is that the hot, heavier object is going to fall faster than the lighter object. It's only intuitive. But you're right, it took Galileo to prove that not only Aristotle, but everybody was, was wrong about that case. Exactly. And, and that's the big difference between science and philosophy. I don't get where you're going with this. Well, scientists like Galileo, they may start off with an intuition to suggest what they want to know, but they don't treat that as evidence. They treat it as an occasion to f get some evidence. They go out and test their intuitions. And it's the data that they gather in their experiments, dropping the things from the Tower of Pisa. That's what counts as the evidence, not the untutored intuitions. Philosophers, on the other hand, not all of us, but many of us, we like to sit in our armchairs and come to all sorts of conclusions based on intuitions. You sound like you don't think philosophers have any right to use intuitions as evidence. That can't be. Well, why should anyone treat their intuitions as evidence of anything other than what they themselves think? And since philosophers disagree with their intuitions, it can't be a very good test for truth because somebody's got to be wrong. Uh, but look, how are we supposed to figure out, say, what the correct moral theory is if we don't allow ourselves to start out with a basic intuitions about what's right and wrong, and then go for it. For I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a moral theory out there. Here's a crude moral theory. Lying is always wrong. But let's test that. How are we going to test that? Say you're in Nazi Germany, okay? And you've, you've hidden your uh, Jewish neighbors in, in the attic. The Nazis come knocking on your door, demanding to know, do you have any Jews in this house? Well, I want to ask you, John, what would be the moral thing to do? Would it be to lie to the Nazis or, or tell them the truth? Well, if your intuition says, tell the truth, all that proves is that you're an idiot. I mean, why go to all the trouble of hiding people in the attic when, when the Nazis come, you say where they are? What's the point of that? No, look, look, I'm not asking what the smart, non-idiotic thing to do is. I'm asking you what's the moral thing to do. Well, I would lie. What's your point? You just rely. What did you just rely on? Rely on? You relied on your moral intuition to answer the question, John. Don't get too excited. I mean, you asked for my opinion, and I gave it. Did I say, here's my intuition? Did I say, here's a universal moral truth? No, I just said what I would do. But you would lie because you think it's the morally right thing to do, right? But, and you came to this conclusion based on moral intuition, John. That's how you did it. Did I? I mean, I would have said common sense. Maybe I just don't know what the difference is. I guess... Congratulations, Ken. I mean, you, you haven't convinced me of anything, but you've confused me. I'm more confused than I was when I started. So, good work. Uh, okay, John. You know, philosophers, contrary to what you might think, aren't the only ones who make use of intuitions. We're also not the only ones to debate the value of intuition. We sent our roving philosophical reporter, Natalie Jones, to find out more about how other disciplines use intuition. She files this report. If you ask someone on the street what an intuition is, they're likely to tell you that it's a quick decision or the ability to pick up on things without thinking. Chess masters who instantly know the next move or baseball players who track the arc of a pop fly. There's a long drive to deep, deep center field, raise back to the wall, makes an incredible catch, turns and fires it in. What a catch by Willie Ray. But if you ask a linguist about intuition, look out. It's a heated subject. It's certainly the case that Teaching is in no sense essential to the acquisition of language. 
In the 1950s, Noam Chomsky popularized the linguistic notion of intuition as a way to do research. The primary data for the linguist are our intuitions. Jeff Nunberg is a linguist and professor at UC Berkeley. So what you do is that you sit there and you kind of roll your eyeballs inward 180 degrees and, and uh, observe your own intuitions about sentences, and those are the data. And if you like a sentence and you think it's grammatical, you write it down. If you think it's not grammatical, you write it down, you put a little asterisk in front of it. Chomsky's famous example of using intuition is the sentence, colorless green ideas sleep furiously. I don't get it. Let me say it again. Colorless green ideas sleep furiously. It's grammatically and intuitively correct, but makes no sense. There's no other science where the investigator can make up his or her own data without getting some independent verification for it. Tom Wasso is chair of the linguistics department at Stanford. He's skeptical of research that relies primarily on intuition. As this debate has heated up, I've squarely taken the side of <laughs> experimentalists. The experimentalists are a group of linguists who bring ordinary people into a lab and test intuitions about language. Wasso says this is a good middle ground for linguistic research, mixing previously recorded and collected data on sentences with original research. After all, Wasso says, if linguists call what they do science, they should care about scientific respectability. I think we should use whatever kind of data we can get for constructing our theories as long as those data are scientifically respectable. And as we've learned, for philosophers, intuition is a different story. When philosophers use the word intuition, often they don't mean what kind of the scientists and what actually the majority of people mean by intuition. Massimo Piliucci has PhDs in both biology and philosophy and studies the intersection of science and philosophy. They clearly use it as a shorthand for uh, here is something that I consider to be obvious and I don't want to bother to defend at the moment, uh, with the proviso, of course, that if you really don't find it obvious, I'll go back and I'll defend it. And philosophers consider these things obvious because they've already thought about them over and over. When, let's say, uh, you have a toothache, where do you go? You go to the dentist why, instead of the mechanic or the philosopher. Why is that? Well, because that's the expert in that field, which, of course, does not mean that the dentist in question is necessarily going to solve your problem. He's not infallible, but uh, you, you better bet your money that way rather than, than any other. Piliucci says philosophers shouldn't worry about giving their own intuitions more credence than those of lay people. It's not a question of elitism, it's just a question of simply acknowledging that there are domains of expertise uh, within which really the opinion that counts the most is the opinion of the experts. Experts can think fast or without supporting evidence in the area of their expertise because they've earned it. And maybe figuring out whose intuitions we can rely on for which purposes can help us all get to the truth faster and more easily. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Natalie Jones. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.